The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. TechTown Detroit is a business incubator and accelerator, helping tech startups and local businesses launch and grow. TechTown supports businesses with co-working, office, meeting, and event space. They also connect entrepreneurs to resources and learning and networking events in Detroit. TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. I think I've got something you're going to enjoy for today's show. Another interview in my series, Cool People Doing Cool Stuff. Today's is no exception. My friend Pete Ripmaster is going to join us to talk about his experience as an ultra runner and motivational speaker. This is a man who's run 50 marathons in 50 states, and not only that, he has also taken the Iditarod Challenge, not with sled dogs, but running it. This is a race he won in 2018. Imagine running a marathon every day plus for 30 days. That's what we're talking about. Oh yeah, by the way, while pulling all your stuff behind you. We'll talk with Pete Ripmaster on today's Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Stay with me. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for joining me for the show. I really do appreciate it. On today's program, another episode of Cool People Doing Cool Stuff. And today, I I really think you're going to enjoy this. My friend Pete Ripmaster is a Michigan native uh, who has since relocated to Asheville, North Carolina, but he is an ultra runner. He routinely runs lengthy marathons of all sorts of different lengths. Uh, 100 miles is not uncommon, but more importantly, he has also run the Iditarod. Run the Iditarod. This is a thousand miles through the snow, hauling all your gear behind you. You average over 30 miles a day for almost 30 days straight. And of course, after almost dying doing this race back in 2016, he won it two years later in 2018. Pete Ripmaster is also a motivational speaker, and he joins us now. Pete Ripmaster, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. It is a pleasure to have you with me today. Thank you, Craig. Awesome to be here. Well, and I do have to disclose this. We have known each other uh, a long time. We have uh, mutual friends, obviously, family friends. Uh, But, you know, I I knew you were into running, and I knew that you were into ultra marathons and running marathons all over the place. The Iditarod thing is something completely different. Uh, And I I do want to give you an opportunity first to start talking about what motivated you to begin running in the first place, because I think that part of the story is actually pretty important. Well, um, your Aunt Mary and, and my mother were best friends. And um, I lost my mom to breast cancer uh, November 22nd of 2000. And so uh, I, running actually, I had heard about family functions and things with, with your family and, and this sort of thing. And it was always kind of a seed in the back of my mind that that would be a cool way to you know, just express your athleticism or, uh, 
you know, or fundraise. And, and, and I saw that that was at a time it was just starting to kind of take off where, you know, people were doing well and, and raising a lot of money for good causes. So, um, you know, I, I went through some tough times after losing my mom and I was in no shape. I was I was thinking about myself, you know, trying to figure out myself rather than others. And finally, after a long time and, and getting married and figuring some things out, I decided I was going to uh, run 50 marathons in 50 states. I kind of did a spur of the moment uh, marathon in my hometown of Asheville out of absolutely nowhere with no training runs under my belt and just fell in love with the uh, mixture of um, external, you know, how it's tough to run, you know, like the actual physical act of running. But I also loved how the mind played such a strong role in, in your outcome, in your attitude, um, you know. And so, uh, yeah, that was my introduction. It's just literally to fundraise for my mother's honor and to just do something for other people after pretty much living a couple decades of just pretty selfish lifestyle. Sure. And, and I mean, obviously it had a huge impact on your outlook on, on your life. Uh, you frankly turned this into a career and now are doing a lot of motivational speaking and it's a natural, uh, because given the stuff that you have done, I mean, it, 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 pushes human endurance to the absolute limits. Uh, I don't think anybody can really understand what you were probably going through in the middle of Alaska in the winter. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, um, I mean, just were you expecting it to be this sort of a wholesale change in your life? Absolutely not. Like I said, like uh, it was funny when I was fundraising for uh, a couple of breast cancer places, uh, uh, one of them sent me a t-shirt that said, um, running knows you're using it to raise money for cancer research. Running's cool with that. And I, I, I really, I love that shirt. I wish I still had it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the start for me, it was literally about like, I mean, you know, your family and, and people that adored my mom, you know, her friends and my family, uh, really started donating to the cause as I started doing this and getting into it as a, you know, an honor to my mom. You know, they were like, well, if, if Pete's going to put himself through this and, um, and you know, it's for the cause that he's fighting for, then I'm going to support him. So I was blown away by the, by the fundraising aspect of it. And literally Craig, it wasn't until about, I would say 30, 30 marathons into the 50 state, you know, when I ran 50 marathons with 50 states, it was about 30 marathons into it that I felt like I was becoming a runner that I started to, that I started to almost like train regularly and, and think about eating habits and training logs and gear and, you know, and, and all that. So it's uh, I would have never, I'm telling you this with all honesty, I would have never in a trillion years, you know, 11 years ago or so when I ran that first marathon, have any idea that it would come to this and and to me that's the beauty of it that's it was never my intention so it's you know like this speaking stuff is just it's a, like you said it's very natural for what i've done but at the same time i just pinch myself going this is amazing like this is such a cool way to explore my country and to meet people and to you know and just make life colorful it's it's uh, it's been a real hell of a ride well, you have earned this, though. I mean, you know, people are listening to you in your in your motivational speaking, and I've heard some uh, some rave reviews about your performances, uh, just because the story itself is just so unbelievable. I mean, I told people that I know a guy who won the Iditarod, and they're like, "Oh, the dog sled race." I said, "No, the running version of the Iditarod." <laughs> 
They're like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, it's a thousand miles in the winter in Alaska. You are by yourself. It's you almost died trying it first time in 2016 and then ended up winning it in 2018. But what makes you go from like, okay, I can run 50 marathons in 50 states to all of a sudden saying, I'm going to run a marathon every day for 30 days, which is basically what that is. Well, people, you know, people, again, have to realize that, you know, it wasn't like I've lived a very adventurous and had a very interesting and eccentric in a lot of ways life um, for my whole entire life. You know, it's been, you know, and, and you know, I'll, there's a book coming out um, and then, you know, sometime soon that will kind of speak more to that. But it's not like you know, my athletic, my athletic life started, you know, right when I ran marathons and then it turned into this, like for, to, to accomplish something like I did on the Iditarod trail, it's a mixture of many different sports and many different backgrounds. So I think back to times when I was living out West and really into mountaineering and rock climbing and ice climbing. And, and then, you know, I moved up to Alaska for a long time and was a dog musher. So I learned how to take care of myself through hard Alaskan winters, you know, and, and how to make sound judgments and what kind of gear you need. And, and, you know, and, and so it's, it's been a, like, I, I love it because it's a beautiful path when I look back at it, because, you know, it hasn't always been pretty and I've gone through a lot of tough things in my life. But um, I look back and I think, you know, a lot of times, man, I thought I was just doing this just kind of in the moment, having fun, not thinking that at some point I would be putting myself through a, you know, Ph.D. and beyond level a world class endurance event and succeeding and winning. You know, that was like and I'm sure we'll get there. But winning, that was never really my, you know, that was not what I was going up there all these years. It was to finish. You know, and so um, that was the culmination of a life of of wildness, to be honest with you, and um, and being comfortable with it and, and really embracing it and, and realizing that you are who you are. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it was a deep therapy session for me in, in certain regards. I needed to get away from everything and really think through, you know, deep, deep thoughts. And, and to me, I, I get off on that. I love that. I love going internally. And trying to really understand who I am and and in uh, my purpose and things uh, like that. Well, you know, the first time you tried the Iditarod was back in 2016. 2014. Uh, 2014. I did, I did the 350 mile race uh, in 2014 and 2015, and then 2016 was the first time I tried the full Monty or the uh, or to slay the dragon or AKA running the Iditarod from Anchorage to Nome, Alaska, the whole thousand miles. And so, yeah, I had a couple of setback years where it was, uh, you know, uh, 2016, um, the story goes that I fell through ice, uh, into open water over my head in the middle of the route and, uh, or a couple hundred miles into the route and, and almost had my life taken from me. And so, uh, it, it, it was, a uh, it was a moment that to me was uh, life changing, life, ref life reflecting. But I honestly think that if you talk to a lot of people that live up in Alaska, most of them have had similar situations. <laughs> in mind. It's not super uncommon up there to have those types of things happen. It's just how you react to them. And so, yeah, I failed in 2000. And, and, the, and I have to say, Craig, it's important for me to say in 2014, in the first year I did the Iditarod, the 350 mile race, I got last place. I was 12th place out of 12 runners and I was in way over my head. 
So, you know, people like to speak about the year that you won, and I, I do too, and it's fun to speak about that. But I also adore speaking about and bringing light to the fact that, you know, it's been a humble path with that sport and with that type of accomplishment. It wasn't just like I was made for it and I did it. You know, it was uh, it was a mental, uh, you know, I, I won't I won't use the language I'm thinking, but uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was just a mental uh, battle. Well, but, oh, Pete, I, I wonder what what you're thinking. I mean, in, in terms of, OK, after what happened in 2016, you decide you want to do this again. What did you learn from that first experience that prepared you to not just finish, but compete as well as well as you did uh, two years later? To be honest, uh, the thing that was very important to me is that although I had a really tough thing happen to me, when I look back and think through how I reacted to it, I did everything the right way. You know, I made very sound decisions for the situation. And to me, if I would have flustered and, and, and called in rescue and, and you know, and, and quit, you know, then, then so be it. That would have been my life. But, you know, I look back on it as it was very fluky. I mean, there was hardly any snow that year. There wasn't thick ice on the rivers that we were crossing. I mean, it was, it's a tough, and the Iditarod, you know, the sled dog race that I'm not a part of comes through after we start. So we start a week before the dogs. Well, the dogs have the luxury of having a huge team of like 15 guys that are like half grizzly bear and half men go out (laughs) with snow machines and make sure the trail is perfectly good for them you know, for their 16 dogs and for the mushers. But we don't have that luxury, so we're almost like the test dummies in certain ways. You know, and we get to situations where, you know, you could use a bridge, but there's not one built yet. And so you have to figure out ways around it. And so, um, yeah, it's just, um, it's, you know, I was happy to make good, sound decisions. I I would say my wife was a big push. Um, People always love to hear that, you know, there were times when I thought, I didn't have what it take, uh, what it took to finish. There were times when I honestly questioned whether I could pull this off uh, in in any in any kind of way that you know I was able to move on with my life in certain regards, you know. And so um, it was. I will never ever be able to explain through picture or language what I've been through on that trail and how connected I am to that trail. It's a, it's a, it's a, something that I, I hold sacred, you know? Um, and so it's, yeah, it's been, it's the, even that I did ride in itself has been a hell of a journey and a, and a beautiful journey because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of these, look at me, I'm the man, I, I'm the winner. It was like, you know, I got my ass handed to me the first year, you know, big time and humbled, well, got humbled, humbled up. And you had doubters as well. I mean, if I remember correctly, somebody wrote an article that just said, this guy shouldn't even be in this race. Um, You took that as motivation. Uh, And it seems like you're like, you know what? This guy says I can't do it. Uh, I believe it was a running magazine uh, that said that you should not be in the race and that you should think about it because you almost died the time before. You obviously proved him wrong. I mean, was some of that motivation for you? I don't listen to people like Craig. I, my, you know, and I think it comes from my parents and just the the paths I've taken. But you have to understand, doing the things I'm doing, you don't, you're not sitting there letting other people's opinions of what you're doing affect you at all, for good or bad. I mean, that's just where I'm at in life. Like I know my path. I've known who I am since I've been a little kid. I've 
and, and I, I adore life. I have a wife and two beautiful children and, and I, I adore my life. So I'm not out there making stupid decisions, um, you know, on the trail. I mean, that, that could have happened to anybody that was walking over that spot at that time. And it's just happened to be me. And, you know, I, I made my way out of it, made, I went 300 more miles after that accident, you know, before I quit. So it's not like it rattled me so much that I didn't go on. I just, I, I got halfway that year to the Yukon river and just said, you know, I'm halfway. I don't have, I don't have it in me to, to, to mimic another 500 miles that I just went through. I, and I quit. So I quit in 2016. And then in 2017, we dealt with minus 60 degree weather on the trail. And, and uh, I, I stopped at the 350 mile uh, finish line and didn't go on to finish. So I failed twice before I went back and put it together and just happened to win. Well, at what point do you recognize, I mean, they always talk about the wall that runners hit in, in marathons, right? And, and right. when you're talking about an ultra marathon like this over the course of so many days, at right. what point do you realize that, you know what, I'm, I've got what it takes this time to finish it? How, how, when do you realize that? Uh, you know, it's, it, it, to be honest, it, like I could, I could sit here and say, you know, it, it was, you know, it took this time and that, but I mean, there were times when I was 900 miles into that thing, when I felt like I wanted to quit, you know, I mean, there, and, and, and part of that, to be honest, um, uh, part of that was that I really started to understand mindfulness and that was a big, I have always had my faith, my Christian faith, and that's a very, very, very important to me in my walk and my, in my journey. But I've never been interested in mindful. I, I guess I've always kind of danced around mindfulness and thought of it as uh, something that sounds good, but never really resonates. And then late in the Iditarod, the year I won it, I realized that I had either lived in depression or thoughts about things about my childhood or my things I wish I would have done better when I was a young adult or decisions I made. Or if I wasn't dealing with that depression, I was dealing with anxiety about the future of, oh, well, I, I need to do this and this. And, and once I, you know, do those things, then I'll be happy. And then I'll, you know, have arrived in, in this. And, and it took me, you know, like I said, all that therapy, I've, I've been with a psychologist for 10 years and it took me that, that intensive of a, uh, of a, a situation to realize that, you know, I had given no no credence to the here and now, to the present moment. And so when I when I learned that, literally, I think about 800 miles into the Iditarod, I kind of felt like quitting, to be honest with you, because I knew that, you know, although I was I had a chance of going on and winning this race, this race was not going to define me as a person. And it and, and yes, there was going to be some, you know, some cool things to happen from it. But those were never what I went into this for. And so, you know, again, it's um, it's just been a humbling path. Well, Peter Ripmaster is my guest right now. Of course, he is an ultra marathoner, adventurer, uh, motivational speaker as well. And of course, the 2018 Iditarod race winner, of course, the jogging version of it, not the dog sled yes. race, a thousand miles. Again, you averaged 38 miles a day over 26 straight days, which is unbelievable uh an unbelievable uh, testament to your endurance and and frankly your stamina and and mental ability to keep it together i'm assuming that while you're out there and you're doing 38 miles which is again 10 miles 12 miles more than a regular marathon at this point uh right. you have a lot of time to think i'm guessing yes 
and, and what kind of thoughts do you find creeping into your mind mostly? Is it more like, hey, this is a beautiful spot I'm in, or is it uh, random, or are you just focused solely on one foot in front of the other? You know, um, I would say it's a beautiful gamut of emotions on the trail. I mean, to be honest with you, I worked this year or the year I won in 2018, I worked a lot on trying to kind of have the no mind, like just to be, you know, just to simply, you know, not not feel the need to always have thoughts going back and forth in your mind and trying to figure things out just to just to embrace where you are in the moment. And, and so there was there was that. And, and then, but there's also moments where, you know, some old memory jobs into your mind or some song that you're listening to or some story that you're listening to kind of jolts a, some, some emotion. And next thing you know, you're bawling, crying about something that happened 25 years ago or something, you know, I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's really, it's the full range of emotions of, of, uh, and, and then, you know, then, of course, you're done and you're in Nome and you're just going, you got to be kidding. I mean, you, you cannot be serious that that after all this, this is the culmination like this is literally happening. And like I said, to to know that it, it, that I won was great, you know, as an athlete. I mean, it, it's a race, you know, I mean, I, you know, and so I, I understood that, although that never defined me in the race. Like I was like, great, third place. That's awesome. The year I got third place, I was like, that's great. But, you know, or like, you know, it's time or it, it took you this long. Well, you know, if it would have taken three days longer, would that have made any difference? Or if I would have got seventh place and like, I'm not here to like impress people, you know? So, so it's like, um, it's been, it's been fun, man. It's, it's just been awesome. But, uh, but yeah, that, that race, um, put me to the edge of what, what I ever would have dreamed. And, and, um, I can only think, you know, people talk about, I've lost both of my parents and people talk about, you know, they're up there, you know, uh, looking down on you. And, and I've actually had like spiritual people come up and say, like, I've actually, I've talked to your parents and, and, and you know, like, like real far flung things like this. And, and, um, and people have uh, said like, they, they're in their spirit, but they're like, cannot, freaking believe what you've done with your life and to me it's emotional you know you're just like well first of all i miss them and and i'll never see them physically ever again so i don't you know it's there's a loss there and a darkness there that will never be patched or never be healed um but it is nice to think of a deeper and and i've always been open to that whole realm you know as a as a person of faith as a person of you know, um, you know, we're capable of more than what what our um, politics and what our you know what our country is putting out. And just, you know, I just there's 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 things I believe, and and it's because I've had thousands of miles in the wilderness to <laughs> to, to think through and to sharpen you know my my skills and my 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 understanding of the world. Well, well, Peter, one last question for you. I mean, sure. obviously, you finish a race like this. This is considered, I think, to be the most grueling race that, that probably exists on the planet. Maybe they do one in Siberia that I'm not aware of. But, I mean, is there any desire on your part to do it again? Would you do it again just, just for the sake of it? Or is this something like, I finished this, I don't need to prove anything to, to myself anymore? That's where I'm at with it. I mean, you know, I kind of feel like, and I and I talk about this, you know, like, it was tough when Michael Jordan came back, you know, and played for the Wizards, you know, sure, and just yes. didn't have that step, you know. Um, and like I, I did that. Culm- that was a culmination of five years of effort on my part in last place, and and I ended up, you know, finishing, which was most important to me. But then the cherry on top was to win the race, 
And so for me to go back, like on the Iditarod Trail, like I know how much I suffered. I know how much I went through. I know how lonely I was. I know all those things. And if I'm to put myself through that sort of thing, which I absolutely feel I'm capable of, if not more, um, then it's going to be a different, uh, it's going to be a different destination. And, and by that, I mean, probably a polar exploration at some point, if, if there's an effort like put out like that. Well, that would be, that would be another cherry on top, literally uh, a polar expedition. So Peter Ripmaster, we certainly appreciate your time, sir. I, I want to let folks know if they want more information about Peter, they just go to peterripmaster.com. Lots of information there. You can find out about booking him for motivational events, uh, all sorts of different stuff and get him to come to your place to tell this story because it is fascinating stuff. Uh, and congratulations, sir. I mean, this has been uh, in a remarkable turnaround watching your life change over the past several years and watching you do this has been a, a true joy to me and my family as well. So congratulations and thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Craig. Peter Ripmaster, ultra runner, motivational speaker, all around very, very interesting guy. You can find more information at peterripmaster.com. Also, if you go to my Facebook page today, check it out because I'm going to put a link uh, when I post this show on there to another article that was written about him that gives a lot more context and a lot more depth to his really, really remarkable story of resilience and uh, overcoming a lot of personal problems to become what he has become. A great guy, and uh, I really hope you read it. I think it's a worthwhile time, and I appreciate the fact that he was here with me today. As I appreciate the fact that all of you are with me today, thank you very much. Feel free to send me emails. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com is an easy way to reach me. You can find me on Facebook, on Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all that good stuff. Find me there. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, do me a favor, subscribe to it, share it, Tell your friends that we're out here doing this each and every day because we do have a lot of fun. And I just enjoy talking to people, and the fact that you like listening makes it all the more worthwhile. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll see you then. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.